You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 247, Keckle. Hosted by Dan Terry. People still listening to that Pantera episode. Jeff Kane. Talk about the best early 2000s metalcore bands. And Joseph Wren. Because if you don't take my advice and Dan's advice and some of Jeff's advice, presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if your dream is in this moment, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. I want to get this right out of the way at the beginning. Scroll down the show notes, click the link, go to Bandcamp, spend the $25, buy the entire Keckle discography. Don't listen to anything Jeff says for the next hour and 49 minutes. <laughs> Which Okay. Which Jeff are you speaking of? Because Ooh. you're correct. One of the two Jeffs you should not be listening to at all. It's the Jeff that spells his name wrong. Okay, the one with a J. No, the one with a G. Nah, definitely a J. Nah, bro. This is going to be a hot episode, guys. I, I apologize. Uh, Jeff from Keckle, if you're listening, uh, I like you. Um, we are down to do the interview, sir. We are down to Just do the Just show interview. up. We'll do the thing. It's fine. Just, It's fine. Yeah, I. he could be the greatest guy on the face of the earth, and I, I'd be cool with him. But uh, his uh, vocal stylings, not so much. Actually, you know what? I, I take that back. I, just no clean singing, please. Please. No more clean singing. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so, yeah, we've got this one off to a great start. I can't I can't wait for this. Guys, this is going to be like an old school episode. I mean, if you guys have been clamoring for the days that someone's going to go on a rant or somebody's going to yell or we're going to insult Jeff horribly, um, you know, you, you guys have you guys have, have have tuned in. This is this is classic discography discussion. No, it's not going to be classic because Dan and I aren't shit face drunk and we're both not hating on in flames. Hey, I mean, I'm drinking a I'm drinking water out of a Taco Bell cup. <laughs> that's, that's from like two days ago that's hardcore right there yeah i mean it's it's a thing it's a thing that technically exists um i'm excited to talk about keckle because they're a band that i don't feel like really gets their due and uh, i'm gonna say it i think they're one of the most creative bands out there uh as far as uh as far as like black metal and and, and all of that goes um they don't really play black metal all the time uh they kind of went away from it for a while and now they're back uh, kind of to that style and they're playing kind of like a mixture of all of their stuff now and uh, I really enjoy it I've been listening to Keckle for half my life so th- this will explain sort of some of the fanboyism that I get into uh, whenever we're trying to talk about these records objectively so uh, words like you're wrong you're stupid I don't know who you are anymore you know th- those words might be said on this episode it's not as harsh as some of the words we have said in the past but, uh, you know, they, they, they could be, let's put it this way. This episode's going to be like playing Mario Kart with your friends. Well, before Jeff has the ultimate swing of all moods, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts, TuneIn radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We do enjoy our five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. Leave us a review wherever you can, and we'll read it on the show. Simple as that. 
we got some awesome comments on uh, some kind of a good spread of old episodes. I'm gonna read. Uh, I'm gonna read three of them. And uh, the first one is from Chris on YouTube. He says, "Just found you guys a week ago. I fucking love it. Keep it metal, boys. Well, we will keep it metal for boys and for everyone else. Uh, we appreciate you for checking it out and commenting." Chris also commented on our, or both of these comments were on our Chimera episode. And he says, uh, this present darkness was the first album, by the way, LOL pass out was the first major record label though. Uh, whereas that is true. Um, this present darkness was released before pass out of existence. Uh, it's a EP and, uh, kind of a sore subject on this podcast, but, uh, we do not usually talk about EPs on the show, uh, except for when we do. Uh, but this was one of those cases where we didn't. So, uh, sorry about that, but, uh, you get yeah, the point. It's, I'm glad you're listening to the show. Yeah. It's only like seminal ones that we do like fragile with, with like, uh, nine snails and jar of flies with Alice and chain, stuff like that. That's it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's so generally rare that we actually speak of the, the EPs. Um, uh, and it's just yeah. mainly, it's just mainly cause number one, some EPs, good luck in finding them absolutely I mean, just, just absolutely good luck and i'm i'm because it's not even available on streaming it's not available anywhere they only made a hundred of them and you're trying to find it so you know unless you guys want to you know give them to us which <laughs> <laughs> we're happy with that dan and joe show gmail.com <laughs> let us the, know uh, yeah but the, the other thing too is that some sometimes that just uh you expand it so much you know because there's also stuff like like zeo they have splits that you know there's always something extra it, it would just made it for the the format uh you know just the the long plays are the easiest route to go now we've talked about you know if you guys want us to do eps you know we've thought about doing it on patreon you just gotta give us some shout outs and tell us what to do and we'll go from there one dollar a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed is it time so dan tell me about keckle Joe, I am so glad that you asked. And I'm, I'm excited to be doing this episode because, like I said, I've been listening to Keckle for half my life. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't even know if the name of the band is pronounced Keckle. That's just what I've always called them. I have heard them referred to as Keekle before, but I'm just going to use, you know, what I learned about reading growing up and say that since it's, you know, a consonant, a vowel and a consonant that it's pronounced Keckle. Oh, I, th I thought you said Kegel, like Kegel exercises. No, not quite like that. But yeah, oh. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call him Keckle if that's wrong. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, it's, we're going to say Keckle a whole bunch of times in this episode about Keckle. What is this band? This band is a dream for a moment. Now that you've gotten that out of the way, go listen to whatever random combination of atmospheric, black metal, some industrial elements in places and just get it out of the way. The drummer is the laptop sitting on the corner of the stage, and we're fine with it in this case. Yes, you guys are. <laughs> Jeff it's is not royal, having a good time royal tonight. It's the we, Jeff. It's the royal we. Keckle is largely considered to be a heavy metal band at their base, but they did put it they did put out a decent amount of basically electronic albums. Uh, still kind of rock based, still a little bit of metal here and there. Every now and again, the extreme vocal will come out. Um, so this is a band that started off, you know, in 1995 in Jakarta, Indonesia, which is um, this may be the first Indonesian metal band we've talked about on the show. Yeah, I think so. 
And uh, I think that's significant because what they were doing in the 90s, I think was was wholly unique, putting out black metal albums. And they weren't even like, they weren't black metal in the traditional sense. There there was a lot of like weird, like prog and thrash. I mean, there's a lot there uh, in, in sometimes within one song. And so they, they kind of follow that archetype of like uh, being like a progressive, like thrash metal, death metal, black metal band, just like, throwing as many different styles in there even some influences from like traditional heavy metal uh and then as time goes on they start getting kind of like more industrial and then industrial gives way to just them being a straight up electronic band yeah as i say they go a lot of different directions and i may that might be part of it is that it just feels disjointed to me too random for the king of random that is Disgust Metal Jeff. <laughs> yeah, but there's normally segues with my randomness, and uh, I, I feel that that is uh, it has a severe lack <laughs> in this instance, personally. In my opinion, I just don't care. Like, I know you don't. It's just like... This is your guys' God Lives Underwater, because... I mean, I worship the altar God Lives Underwater. And I didn't like God Lives Underwater that yeah. much. Yeah, I, I understand it because it's, you know, going back, so I, you know, it's just out. It's just, you're like, you're listening to it. And it's just, it's one of the, it's formative for me, just like how Keckle is formative for you guys. And I totally get that. And I respect that. It doesn't mean I have to enjoy it. Oh, you will enjoy it. <laughs> or, or you won't. It's impossible to know if you'll ever actually enjoy it or not. 1998 beyond the glimpse of dreams so this was the debut album that's probably why joe announced it first um this is this is an interesting one i actually didn't hear this album for a long time i don't think until um until it was available digitally and uh i really like it it's it's uh, you know as, as jeff would tell you it is all over the place it is um a mixture of like death metal thrash metal black metal uh, mostly black metal with the black metal shrieks uh there's a little bit of uh there's a little bit of clean vocal in there yeah but Buzz, um, th- this is the one that has mostly the female clean vocals right there's mostly female well no that's the next one uh this okay. one has some as well, I believe. Let me, I could be wrong about that, but. Yeah, because if I remember right, this is the one that I didn't, uh, I I didn't mind it as much as some of the others, if I remember correctly. Yes, it's disjointed, but uh, the black metal was kind of a little was sped up, right? I'm thinking. It was a little fast, and I think a lot of that has to do with, they've always credited their drummer as uh, the, like the black machine or the black box. <laughs> So they they never made any bones about you know hey we we don't have a we don't have a real drummer we have a a, a digital only uh, <laughs> drummer but like I I mean I think that that's that it eventually became part of the sound you know I right. think maybe I think maybe the first album it was um I, I think maybe the first album it was you know maybe done out of convenience I, I or necessity I mean yeah convenience necessity. Um, but yeah, I, I like this one just because of the sheer amount of diversity that's present on the first record. Now, it is a little dense. I have to admit that like 51 minutes of like riffs constantly changing. I think it's cool, but I could I could have gone for maybe like an album that was closer to like 35 to, to 40 minutes because um, you have songs on there that are that are that are really good, you, you know, um, like My Eternal Lover is six minutes and 14 seconds long. And it's just kind of, it's slow and it's atmospheric and it's keyboardy. And I like those songs on their own. I just don't like them on the album, if that makes sense. Like I, I could listen to like a two song where, 
you know, Keckle's like, all right, guys, let's slow it down a little bit here, you know, and, and do something like that. I like I like songs more like Rotting Youth. All right, lovers, get out on the dance floor. All right, <laughs> it's time for My Eternal Lover, followed by A Dream for a Moment. We've been Keckle. Uh, <laughs> but no, I like songs oh, God, like Rotting great. Youth and Armageddon. Um, you know, I really like the conversion because they play a melodic, uh, they play like a little musical like motif that I think really, really defines the Keckle sound, if that makes sense. Um, their melodic sensibility, I feel like, sort of lives in this song, the conversion. Um, a lot of the weird melodic stuff the Keckle's going to do in the future is going to be very similar to this. And uh, I thought I, I always liked this. I always associated it with the band. Um, but yeah, this record, for the most part, is blistering in your face, like black metal with like some thrash, some prog, some heavy metal. It's There's a lot going on on this record. Yeah, and even though only- there's a lot going on, I think this is probably one of the um, I think this was one that has some of the least amount of male clean vocals, if I remember Yes, it does have the least amount of male clean vocals, Jeff. And I think that's the reason why I... (laughs) No, I'm serious. I mean, some people just uh, get the mic out of their face if they're clean singing. That's... that's, I'm one of those people. Don't ask me to sing, I guess. I don't know. But no, I actually didn't mind this one as much as as some of the others. Uh, Yeah, it's disjointed. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. But for a a freshman effort, I, I I, I give them props. And I don't know. Did did, did I listen to the remastered? That you, is that what you guys sent? Yeah, me? yeah, yeah. If we, so, yeah, what you heard was from the Bandcamp, and yeah, that would have been in the highest okay. quality possible. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. it actually sounds pretty good. I mean, for considering the year. Yeah, it was yeah. That, that was yeah. That was part of the reason why I was asking because I was like, it sounded you know you know just production wise better than what I was expecting from a black metal band from 1998 from Jakarta. I mean, it's not like Jakarta is some like tiny backwater. I mean, I think it's bigger than any city that's in the United States. I think yeah, it's, it's, like a, 10, it's a big it's te, it's 10 something million people. I think and that's just the city. That's not even the metropolitan area, if I remember right. Anyway, it, it, yeah, it's just it's not it, it's not like I'm just going to spend this whole time shitting on the band. OK, I, I, I'm not. That's not who I am. Just the second I, half. Just the second half. <laughs> yeah, the only time I'm going to shit on a, on, on a whole uh, episode is probably going to be, uh, I don't know, something like if you're a kitty toucher or you try to kill your wife, you know, so no lost profits, no, as I lay dying and then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll behave most of the time. You did a four hour episode on anyway. Uh, yeah. And I shit on him almost the whole time. You did. Okay. We're off. Tra- we're off track. All right. This album is a blast into the past for me because this is the era of, we have the technology. We can record heavy metal songs that sound really good. We just don't have a drummer. What do we have? This program with sounds that approximate black metal drums. We'll just program the songs and that's the record, guys. It'll be fine, right? And it did become part of the band's style, but it reminds me of 1998 independent music where the less popular genres were being creative. They just didn't have a full band of people to play music with. So you had a choice. You could make the music best you could and fill in the gaps with technology, or you could play something else that you didn't really enjoy. So here's Keckle writing what is very interesting, atmospheric at times, brutal at times, random, heavy metal, progressive atmospheric all the words that we like to use when we talk about this band 
and the drummer is a fucking drum machine and i just don't care for some reason it it's the right combination of good mixed with we ran out of money so this is the best we could do and we put a full length record out that's going to become a trend for many bands along the way but not very many put out 12 albums in the past 20 years and still never got a real drummer. I think it was an intentional choice the whole time to, to give it something different. Like from what I've known, from what I've known, uh, what I know of the band now, you know, I, I think that, yeah, there's always been kind of this idea of like, let's keep it a little electronic. And if you think about it too, that like, I mean, for a record that sounds like Beyond the Glimpse of Dreams, if they had a real black metal drummer in there on the kit, it would sound like trash anyway, because that's just the way that, that black metal drums sounded, you know? So in a lot of the in a lot of ways, this is actually a little bit more clear <laughs> than than what you would normally get. I cannot say the same about the next album. 1999, Embrace the Dead. The album that's been remastered a billion times. Really only twice. But uh, this is the first Kekel album that I actually have or owned on CD. Uh, I don't remember where I got it, if I'm being incredible, if I'm being totally honest. I didn't import it. I, I must have got it from one of those like Christian metal sites, because that's also sort of an aspect of Kekel is that there's a, a thread of Christianity, uh, more so in the, these first uh, two or three records. Uh, then that kind of just kind of goes away after a while um, because their lyrics have, I think, really only on Beyond the Glimpse of Dreams is it really like that noticeable. But um, Embrace the Dead. Now that I can compare the first two albums against one another, I think this sounds sonically inferior uh, to Beyond the Glimpse of Dreams, but I think musically it's better. Like it's it, the songs are better. I remember the songs individually a lot better on this record. Um, I just it, it's hard to get past the way that it sounds. Even the remastered sounds kind of rough. But there's a reason for that. It's because the band basically, like, to, to cut a long story short, they had almost, like, no budget. They were recording on, like, a broken 16-track analog tape recorder. Uh, and because of, like, budgeting, they couldn't actually, like, book a solid block of studio time. They had to, like, wait for other bands to be done recording. So they'd, so like, just like, use their leftover time or something? Yeah, that's so exactly like somebody they, paid for an hour and there was 15 minutes left. They just run in. Like, what do they do? Just hang out? The, uh, I don't I don't think they did that i don't think they ran in but i they, they would like <laughs> they'd have to wait hey keckles here uh no i think what they what they would no, do keckles is it was been like, here all day long waiting for <laughs> waiting for a chance to get in they probably got a reduced rate to come in after business hours and the studio was like okay but nobody's gonna be there and you guys are gonna have to record all this stuff yourself probably got a massive discount for that but you can imagine what that looks like, right? So, like, you let's Joe yeah, can say, tell hey, you. Trent, Trent Reznor did that. Yeah, I mean, Joe can tell you how long it takes you to really, like, hone in that perfect guitar sound that you're looking for. It doesn't matter what it is. It just matters that you find it to be perfect. And it, it'll take you, you know, probably an hour or two hours. As a vocalist, it felt like seven hours. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, once you get it, you get it. Now, imagine once you're there, then you've got like an hour to record your parts and then you don't get them all done right away. And then you like leave, come back the next day. And, I, you know, I hope you wrote down those exact settings that you had before, because if you didn't, you're going to have to basically start over from scratch to get your guitar to sound consistent. Oh, and by the way, we moved all the microphones, changed all the cables, 
We took down the baffles and we blew a couple speakers in that cabinet. Good luck. Yeah. Not only that, but they 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 are also talking about how like and you can actually read a lot of this on on their Bandcamp. Uh, but they talk about how they had all these technical issues and financial problems, and that uh, they had a that 16 track analog tape recorder. They said that it would basically did not have a stable speed at all. So like, what would happen is like they would sit there and record out for hours and hours and hours, and then listen back and be like, "This is not playing at the correct speed." Oh, that sounds more black metal. I mean, you've heard the record. I mean, it's. Uh, <laughs> We're lucky it sounds as good as it does, I, I guess, is, is what I'm saying. Like, the fact that they were able to actually finish this and do this and it, it'd be a full-length record. But, um, like I said, I think sonically it doesn't sound really amazing, but uh, I almost like the lo-fi-ness of it. And I think the use of keyboards, the use of the female vocals, the melodic segments, um, and even the clean singing, I think it all comes together a lot better on this record. And they they write songs that are much more memorable. This isn't just like, okay, we're going to play a black metal part and then we're going to transition into a death metal part and then transition into a heavy metal part and then transition into a thrash segment. You know, like these songs were much more composed and they're a little bit more rooted in black metal, I think, than any other style on this record. The coolest thing about this record is the vocals. Everything sounds frantic, the way that it's layered on top of this very bad sounding guitar. I want to love the record for being more technically interesting, and I can almost get through it without noticing the inconsistencies. There's something about the vocal delivery and the way that they layered it on this one that sounds frantic. It sounds underground and like it's trying to convey an emotion of unsettling and i think that's really cool it's different it's not the easiest record to listen to especially when the following records get a lot better from a production standpoint but it's 1999 it's their second release and to quote you dan you've had your whole life to write the first one can you do it again oh i think they did it again and here's a real quick uh so that jeff can say whatever jeff's gonna say um, there are male clean vocals on this album and I think they're fantastic. They're done in like this kind of like chanting. It's really cool. There's like an echo effect on his voice. It sounds really cool. I like it. I don't even necessarily know if that's Jeff, the lead, the, the, the main guy. I don't know if that's him doing that or not, but uh, it sounds really cool. You can hear it on the song Embrace the Dead. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I guess the, uh, you know, Dan said black metal, Joe said underground. <laughs> so the low production quality kind of matches and you're right. I mean, I, I totally get the whole, you know, starving artist struggling thing. I mean, we all tried doing it ourselves, so I can't, I can't disc discredit it. it but it, at the same time, it, it is, uh, you know, it's another pass for me. It, it's hard for me to listen to it, uh, truthfully. Just, uh, it just doesn't scratch that itch for me like it did for you guys. You know what? I'm, I'm sure if I grew up with it, I'd have a different perspective. But just diving in feet first on 12 albums, you know, sight unseen, it, it it's pretty rough. I mean, that, that's, the, that's, that's the best way for me to put it. Uh, you know, one of the things for me as we go through these that um, the two things that really stick out to me besides the male vocals that, that, I, that I have had challenges with is number one, the keyboard. Sometimes it sounds like my Casio keyboard from when I was eight years old. <laughs> so, I mean, some people will think that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I could tell that, you know, they were on a budget. They didn't have the pedals to get the sounds exactly the way they wanted on, on the guitar. I mean, it just, you could just tell that it was just awful little. 
that it was, uh, you know, low budget, amateurish. I mean, because that's where we all start from, you know, whenever we're trying to strive to, you know, make it within the music industry. So, I mean, I get it. it it's, it's something that I have a hard time, you know, listening to, but it doesn't mean that I can't appreciate the effort. I mean, I, I'm not gonna, not gonna knock on them for that. It's just the finished product. It, it is what it is. Uh, I'm glad they were able to get it out, you know, for their sake, but it's, you know, it's another pass for me. Jeff, would you say your week was the painful experience? Yeah, I tell you what, but, but between my getting my dumbass COVID booster, fuck, I, I was sicker on that than I was the, the, the shot, the first two shots, and then listening to Keckle. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was like a fever dream, listening to Keckle while, you know, 103 fever on your stupid boosters. Yeah, it, it was an interesting experience, to say the least. I don't know, maybe that's kind of, you know, colored my, you know, my thought process on it. Who knows? I don't know. 2001. This album is called The Painful Experience, based off of their wonderful, painful experience at the recording studio recording the previous album. That's why they called the next album The Painful Experience. Um, huge step up in production value on this one. Yeah, they're at a different studio altogether, right? Yeah, they sound they sound a lot better. Yeah, um, You know, the album starts off interesting because it starts off sounding basically like Cradle of Filth at first, which I thought was interesting. But as this record goes on, this is where this is where the band th- th- this might be one of the most divisive records for the band. This could be a lot of like if you loved the two albums before this, I think that this might be a jumping off point for you because it gets weird and it, <clears throat> it gets weird pretty fast. I think one of the biggest issues with it is that like I don't say issues. Let's talk about what I like about it. The, the first thing that I like about it is that the power metal. I like the I like the kind of the power metal sort of sort of sound. Uh avant-garde that's that's the word that everybody used to describe keckle uh for years was avant-garde metal and this is where they actually start sounding like that this is where they still have that black metal as their kind of like main ingredient but they start throwing in weird jazz elements um like jazz fusion some ambience some progressive rock like a lot of different things um they, they throw a lot of stuff at the wall on this record it starts off sounding like a buzzsaw was thrown into a beehive and then turned loose on your senses and what you get is an industrial blast beat insanity i don't even know how to finish this thought because (laughs) the record takes off into this randomness that at a glance it's not very good but i've definitely heard more money put into a less interesting record by people that you've read about in the guitar magazine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's weird because uh, I mean, everything about this record's weird. Everything about this band's weird. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. But, Jeff appreciates that. I don't mean it as a bad thing. I just, it's just, um, they've never been satisfied with just like being a band that puts records out. And I think that they threw a lot of stuff at the wall. I think, I think riff wise, it works black metal shrieking wise. It works, but uh, dude does some like weird falsetto scream, yell, sing things on this record that it, this, it just didn't work. Uh, It just doesn't like when I first heard this album, I was like, Oh, the painful experience is not a clever name then. Okay. Uh, but I mean, hats off. I got exactly what, what it said on the cover, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think with this stepped up production, it's interesting that they didn't try to like, I don't know, put out something similar to like embrace the dead again or, 
you know, now that they had, you know, a little bit better budget, maybe they could they could put out a really great sounding black metal record. And I don't think that this is a great sounding black metal record because I don't think that it is a black metal record, truly. I think we're meant to believe that it is. It starts off that way. But once you start getting into some of this weird, like, uh, so some of this weird, like, you know, like, I, I don't know, just like there's like little power metal bits and like symphonic bits and like, it, yeah, there, there's like, is it weird that like, it reminds me a little bit of Iron Maiden in a weird way? I was going to say, just because you can doesn't mean you should. That's part of it for me. What I think of a lot of times, uh, too, on this one was uh, Bob Ross is there. He's painting his pretty little trees. Happy little trees, Jeff. Yeah, his happy little trees. And then the acid drop hits. And it just, what the fuck happened? That's kind of what I got. I mean, it's just, it's just another one that's all over the place. It's just, it's kind of like, what am I listening to today? What do I like about it? How can I incorporate it into the music I'm making? And I think that happens a lot. Uh, Cause there's uh there's a, there's, I can't remember. Shoot. I can't, and it was one of the later albums and we'll get to it. And I'll speak of it. Uh, if you guys can help me. Uh, where, yeah, there's like some R&B hits to it. And I'm like, you know, for and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. This is all over the place. But yeah, you're right. I got I definitely got like the power metal maiden vibe uh, on this, too. And I think that's fine. I just think that him trying to do those types of vocals. The only thing that I could say is that I'm glad that they're not turned up louder. <laughs> like like that, that, that it is somewhat buried in the mix um and as a vocalist myself that's kind of like what we like to do and we're not 100 percent confident in what we just did <laughs> you know and um it, it sounds like you remember that part in um between the buried and me the song uh Shevin will cut a flip or no, no no that was no it was aspirations where uh they did he does that crazy insane like you know high-pitched metal vocal it's like that but serious and i actually when he's not singing falsetto this is the most whenever he starts using his own like actual clean singing voice um i don't mind it this is this is going to be one of those biggest one of those really big uh divisive points uh for me and jeff here is that like i don't think that his voice sounds bad do i think that there are times when he does things that he's not capable of doing yes i think that i i i do i would not describe the clean vocals in Keckle in any capacity as being like really great vocals to listen to. Like, I'll, I'll give it that. However, an argument can be made because I made this argument with uh, Norma Jean, believe it or not. Talk about two totally different bands. <laughs> um, but I don't think that Corey from Norma Jean is like a great singer on his own either. Correct. But I do think, but I do think that he sounds good in Norma Jean. And much in the same way, I think he sounds, I think Jeff from Keckle sounds good singing with Keckle a lot of the time. There are times where it goes way above and beyond what it should. And I, but at the same time, like, there's also the vocalist in me that's like giving the dude props for trying a thing. And I think, I think with, I think with, with um, the painful experience, this is such a prototype for everything Keckle's going to do after this. This adventurousness with the with the music, playing with the song structures, throwing in influences that you wouldn't normally think fit together. And to be honest, on this record, they don't always succeed. Sometimes things do not fit together. They, they don't make it work. It's not like a brilliant mashup. But I appreciate then I appreciate this record simply because we wouldn't have really cool records like Acidity and um, A Thousand Thoughts of Violence without it. 
And uh, so I think this is just kind of um, a transitionary record, and it is painful. It's a, it's a birthing experience of a totally different type of band. And um, so I think in that regard, I respect it, even if I don't particularly enjoy listening to it all the time. Yeah, I didn't enjoy listening to it either, Dan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 2003, 1,000 Thoughts of Violence is what Dan is having right now. it's probably true (laughs) i don't have any i don't have any issue with uh yeah i don't i don't have any issue with 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 jeff being wrong i've dealt with that plenty of times (laughs) yeah well this is when i start really it's funny because this is when i really start dropping off uh and it's really a lot of it has to do with the the clean singing it starts coming more and more to the front i think what is uh i think i tolerated uh Vox Diabli Diabli the the most because there was no cleans it was all distorted but I, I, the cleans for me he goes so high on some of the stuff where he should not I it just it, it kills me it just kills me I mean I've been listening to King Diamond for decades so I'm kind of used to that thing yeah well I think we've I've also made my opinion on King Diamond known so I mean I'm not a fan of King Diamond either so I mean it Maybe that's just the vocal styling of uh, that I that I I don't like for whatever reason. I don't know. It's not like I don't I dislike high pitched male vocals. Like Dimash is probably the greatest high pitched vocals of all time. Mike Patton. Oh, you like you consistently like. Well, you also consistently like pop clean vocals, even in metal. You're like your favorite your favorite little petri dish is a super super brutal band that has a vocalist that sounds like Jesus. You know what I mean? Like just sounds amazing um and i'm not i'm not like that as a well, matter I mean, of fact I, I, i'm more i'm more likely to get turned off of a band well, if, no, that, if that's the dynamic no because i mean let's 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 stop and think about it i mean i'm a big fan of stuff like pig destroyer too i mean but then again there's no clean vocals at all on that and clown right. core but yeah would you if, be if, you're, if your clean vocals are clean vocals they better be really fucking good that's that's my thing well and i Obviously, I think that there's different definitions on what good means. You know, like I don't think know, we, the vocals we, we are bad. On- I think Jeff in 2003 was not a good melody writer, and I think there's a huge difference between are you singing the correct pitch and are you performing an interesting melody line. And I think sometimes we get stuck on this idea that the vocals are supposed to be popular music levels of interesting and they don't always have to be how many times have i made fun of dan for liking emo those guys aren't singing interesting melody lines most of the time they're just hitting a high note and holding it there's a good portion of this discography where that's all he's doing and i think it fits from the perspective of here's a very small band that would eventually become a one-man act and he's trying to execute in the studio what he also has to execute on stage. So for that reason, he's maybe doing the best he can. Okay. And you actually bring up something that's that's a good, a very good point. Uh, whenever you said something about emo, I mean, we beat a dead horse and I'm going to beat it again. Leave Bojack alone. <laughs> it is Jeremy Enoch. That dude does not have a great voice. Okay. I love him. Okay. So... I'm starting to start putting two things together and it's probably going to make me be a little nicer. 
because yes, Jeremy Jeremy Enoch does not have the greatest of voice with uh, anything he does. He he's an acquired taste. But I've been listening to him since you know be, you know before I could drive. So and that's kind of how what Keckle is for you guys. And that's what I need to I need to look at it. It's this is something that you got to grow with and you got to learn to appreciate. Just like how I know I have I, I have friends that love Cold War kids. I can't stand that dude's voice to save my life. I. I see that guy and I just, I'm like, can I hit him in the mouth with a baseball bat so he'll shut the fuck up? <laughs> that's pretty I mean, aggressive, that, Jeff. Yeah. Well, that's how I think about the guy from the, uh, that's the lead singer from Cold War Kids. And there's a ton of people that love him. So I, I just need to understand that there's, it's different strokes for different folks. And Keckle's just, at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's, it, it's not for me because I didn't grow up with it. I don't have that emotional connection to it. And I think that sometimes whenever you have clean vocals that are not good, that's what, you know, because, I mean, go talk to our parents with Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan is a god-awful vocalist. But people yeah, I mean, you're going to tell me that Tom Waits is a good, is a good you know. <laughs> well, that's because I, I can. He's the most brutal like, vocalist of all time. Yeah, of that's because I can sound like Tom Waits when I'm sick. <laughs> that's the only I mean, reason why. <laughs> but can we talk about the music for a second? Because I feel like yeah. we're just talking about vocals. and, and Well, for me, the yeah, most this interesting... is the problem that I, I do have. You're right. It, it I end up focusing... Because I did the same thing on the Living Sacrifice episode. It, it, I get fixated, and it's hard for me to get off of it. And you're right. Because there is some amazing music that's going on on 1,000 Thoughts of Violence. This is not like painful experience. This is the first time where the band started doing something that I'd never heard before. Right? Because beyond the glimpse of dreams where it's a black metal record that's got a whole bunch of like death metal and, and thrash influences and some traditional heavy metal. Um, you know, Embrace the Dead was more black metal. The painful experience was all over the place because they're trying to find something new. They're trying to find it. They're trying to find it. They found it on Thousand Thoughts of Violence. The band plays a mixture of like tech, like technical, like thrashy black metal, technical thrashy black metal. Copyright discussmetal.com. Um, you know, but it is it, it's more technically proficient. It sounds incredible and it is so deeply melodic in places how they're able to come out of this like beautiful like melody into a blast is frankly incredible the electronic influences on this record add a lot to it and just the general flow and dynamics of the songs all of these songs are interesting to listen to um they go in a lot of different places at one point like they, they go like straight up into hip-hop land okay is this one i was thinking about where it was the where they were sampling a ton of hip-hop that was this album yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I, I loved that. I thought that was a really interesting addition. I mean, I was weirded out by it. I remember me and Buddy, and it's the song Violent Society, if anybody wants to check it out. Um, but I think it sounds super cool. I'd never heard music. I've never heard extreme music blended with like other types of music like this. Um, and I, I don't know, like Beyond Numerical Reasons is a great, like epic song that's broken up into multiple parts. At least it is on the CD. I think it's just like one might have been one track on the CD. But anyway, that's not important. Um, it's broken into it's broken into uh, into three distinct uh, kind of movements. And um, yeah, I think this is incredible. This is on certain days. A Thousand Thoughts of Violence is my favorite crackle record, but there are other days where it's acidity. And I think that like this is where the term avant garde really starts getting thrown around because this band is in the blending of other styles this is not like this is not like eating soup right whenever a lot of bands talk about blending styles what they really mean is they're making a soup right you're taking it you're taking a bite out of the soup you're taking a sip of the soup and in one sip you're going to get a potato and then in, in the next sip you're going to get some peas and maybe some carrots or 
or maybe maybe some chicken or something like that. Um, a thousand thoughts of violence is more like a smoothie where, you know, they, they, they put all these ingredients into the magic bullet and they've shredded them to the point where they've created a new flavor. Uh, and this is the flavor of Keckle going forward. And I'm all for it. Um, I like this part of the band where they're doing all this cool electronic experimental stuff, but they still bring the brutality with it. They still bring the heavy black metal, extreme metal vocal. It's a weird combination of early 2000s advances in recording technology, at-home recording technology, mixed with, we've been listening to all these thrash bands and progressive metal bands for the past, however long the dude's been playing guitar at this point. How are we going to put this together and make something that your average guitarist, your average band as a whole cannot play? Because most people in 2003, when you say the word progressive metal, there's one answer, Dream Theater. And as we have discussed many times on this show, that is not the only answer. 2005, Dan, it's time. Acidity. You know what they forgot to put on the last album? All the songs from Acidity? Jazz. Now let's let's talk about this for a second because, you know, oh boy, jazz and metal. I am not going to be the person that tells you that, oh, you've got jazz influences. That makes you super cool. Unless you're Candiria, in which case it's super, super cool. <laughs> uh, but Acidity is interesting in that it largely abandons black metal as its base style. Sure, there's black metal shrieking in it, but the songs themselves sound like the experimental moments that are found on A Thousand Thoughts of Violence mixed with like almost like almost a hard rock sound structure, which actually gives it the effect of seeming more experimental than the previous album, because now you're dealing with like traditional song structures um, and melodic flourishes or even like um, A Dream for a Moment, which is a song that sounds like it should have a chorus, but I mean, it does have a chorus, but then it's also got this like insane jazz soul, improvised jazz solo right in the middle of it. And it sounds like the entire world's being torn apart. And it's like, it started off like so beautiful. It's like, it's like Keckle's version of Everlong. You know what I mean? Like it's that song that like the first two minutes of it lull you into this false sense of security of like, oh, wow. Like, what are they doing here? Like, this is like, it's like driving and it's heavy and it's got like that synth on it. You know, and you know, there, there, there's clean singing that Jeff hates, and the, you know, there, yep. there's all of this, you know, all of this going on. But then, like, you've still got the black metal shriek sort of enhancing the the vocals. It's like lingering in there by 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 this like it's like ling a lingering presence of the song, and then it progressively gets like more and more distorted. And by the time you get to like four tracks in or four minutes in, there's all kinds of crazy things that have happened to you as a listener. And uh, that's what makes it not like an Everlong, <laughs> you know, um, it's just very, it's different. And and I don't really know how to describe it. That, that's the hardest part about talking about this band is that like they are doing things that I've never heard another band do. It is the true expression of experimentation with a band that actually has a budget, is signed to a label, and is able to kind of do whatever they want with no restrictions. And this is what you get. And yeah, it's not going to go down for everybody because it's weird. The songs don't sound like each other. Every song is a very unique experience in and of itself, and it's just a keckle thing. It's just the way that it is. But yeah, I mean, th this this record, oof. Yeah, I, Dan, I think you're actually hitting on something else that uh, 
I'm, I guess it's the old, old school, old fart in me, uh, where I like, I'm a start to finish kind of listener on an album. And I, and I did read a little bit about this one because it, it, uh, had quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit of reviews. Uh, and it was about how, you know, this is literally like each song is like its own little thing and it just kind of adds to it. And it was, um, it was about how, I don't almost like acidity, like heartburn kind of thing. Like when you, when you have a bunch of shit and you throw it together, you end up with, with heartburn. That was one of the things that I read about it, uh, that Jeff was actually talking about. Uh, and the, I think that's part of why I sometimes have a challenge with them too, is that they are so, uh, you know, purposely all over the place. It, it just makes it hard to, to, for an old head like me to, that likes to listen to the start to finish. It's, it's, it's a very, difficult listen especially when it's almost an hour it's like 50 something minutes long too oh most of their albums are that long i know but that's what i'm trying to get at that's what makes it hard uh for somebody like me uh on why i'm just the the whiny little bitch in the corner uh, on this one i mean I, i'll admit to it i i don't i don't i don't get to have the the strong base that you guys do as far as like my dislike because i'm just just now discovering it it's not like i you know i could bitch about nickelback or whatever all day long because you know i've heard about them you know cold or something like that all day long you know keckle is is a is a new thing for me it maybe it's just it's so new and so weird that it's just it's almost off-putting but it's one of those things if i listen to it more maybe i would uh I could get over those fears. This is the point in the discography where it becomes obvious to me. Most songs fade in, fade out. The way I see this record in my head is like a serialized production of songs. Each scene is supposed to be its own version of the atmosphere, the emotion, but twisted a specific way. It's more like a video odyssey than it is an audio listening experience but did we have a budget for that so what we have is a very random but technically interesting combination of underground heavy metal ideas and i've heard a lot of these ideas done by other bands but in much larger quantities i don't know if keckel set out to write individual songs with different feelings or if this is what do we have today get through it well that's an hour worth of music let's put a record out and i'll be honest i don't care because if you were lucky enough to see this band live you didn't care either you just heard their best and i think in 2005 this is their version of their best and i think this is their best technically really depends on the day for me i, I go back and forth between it and a thousand thoughts the meathead in me wants to lean towards the more black metal one <laughs> you know just just straight up like like let's just be extreme and weird and because like yeah to me listening to black metal is like very run-of-the-mill you know what i mean it's, it's business as usual but there's a certain portion of the population that if you show them a record like a thousand thoughts of violence the black metal will be equally as shocking as the as the hip-hop <laughs> drops <laughs> you know and, and, and all the weirdness that, that goes with it um i think this was keckle firing on all cylinders as a metal band at the time and and keeping it kind of in that pocket but yeah i mean I, I just never heard anything else like it and i think i think the the biggest takeaway from this episode is the word underground this is the epitome of experimental underground music and unfortunately when when it comes to underground music there's only a certain amount of people that are going to appreciate it you know and i think that like 
And I don't mean underground as in like, oh, we're signed to a to a minor label or we're like, I don't know, like there's still expectations of bands that are kind of in that like mid tier. Tackles never even. I mean, I, I know they sold 5,000 copies of like Beyond the Glimpse of Dreams and they, they were a big deal in their own right in the underground. But I think this is a band that sort of like celebrates their undergroundness a little bit. And I think that that is is why it can be so divisive sometimes, because it's not like you can just go to a CD store in the two, in the mid 2000s, to be clear. Uh, you know, you can't just go to a CD store and buy Acidity by Keckle and listen to it and be like, oh, wow, that was a really cool metal album. I think most people's first experience with it would probably be negative. And it might be a grower. It was a grower for me. I mean, the first album I ever heard by Keckle was Embrace the Dead, which is a totally different experience. Not a painful experience, but a different, <laughs> a different experience altogether than what you'd get on like A Thousand Thoughts and Acidity. And so even those records took me a little bit of time to kind of adjust to because at the time I had no reference point for what they were doing. You know, like I, I grew up thinking that Keckle was a black metal band, <laughs> you know. And then as I got older, you know, I started realizing that like, oh, actually, there's there's a lot more going on here. It's just I hadn't grown enough as a music fan to like really be able to figure all, you know, be able to like pinpoint like, oh, okay, now they're doing like a hip hop thing and now they're doing like a prog metal thing. Okay, now they're doing a black metal thing. Now they're doing an industrial thing. I didn't have all those terms and those and those points of reference. So I would say that these albums did, you know, I don't want to give off the impression that I just listened to these albums and loved them instantly. You know, it's like, uh, it's like drinking IPAs, you know, um, you'll either develop a taste for it or you won't. Yeah, as I say, or you'll be like me and still think they're nasty. Yeah, IPA is not my thing either. 2007. The Habit of Fire. I know I sound like a broken record, but this album's really freaking good. And I don't care what anybody says. I think that Jeff's vocals actually sound good here. I think he sings in his uh, range a lot more than he has in the past or in the future in certain cases. Um, I liked everything about this record. I liked the fact that it was a concept record, their first. Um, I'm not going to get into the concept because it's like very sci-fi, very like cyberpunk almost. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's also very <clears throat> political. It, there's a lot of stuff on this record that Jeff hates. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's not I don't think it's politics that, as we would understand them. But, uh, you know, current day. But uh, I don't know. I liked that this record, they, they went full on in the electronics. This is still metal. There's still metal riffs being played, but this is like so far beyond being a black metal record. You know, the, the closest you're going to get is like progressive metal meets heavy metal with a whole bunch of electronics on top of it. I think this has their most hooky songs. Uh, Isolated Eye, I think, is good. Um, there's an instrumental on this album called Our Urban Industry Runs Monotonously. Uh, that's still one of my favorite instrumental songs to listen to. Um, this is this is this is prime cut keckle. Um, I have more of an emotional attachment to acidity and a thousand thoughts. But when this thing came out, I thought it was amazing. And uh, I still I still like it to this day. It goes on a little long with escapism being 14 minutes long, but uh, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, 70 minutes was a little much for me. I <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's a weird combination of what we figured out in the past two albums creatively. It has that slightly open, airy sound. The band is not close-miked heavy metal where there's no reverb, there's no room space in the sound. And I think that's a combination of just recording the different sources the best they can independently. But I do think Kekel has a sound at this point. 
Now you're going to throw random 90s electronics on the top of it? Sign me up. I think it's cool. I think it's another example of what is good about this band. And I think if another band did this, more people would consider it to be one of the high points in progressive music. This could easily be a Between the Buried and Me record with more rehearsal time and different voices, different faces, different everything. Yeah, I will say this, because I wasn't on the BT Bam episode. There's there's parts of BT Bam that drive me nuts, too. So, I mean, it's not just that I'm hating on, on Keckle. It, it's just kind of like, it's almost like an ADD feeling that I, <laughs> that the music kind of gives me. And BT Bam's kind of, it is a lot the same way. Uh, and so there's parts of BT Bam that drive me nutso as well. Uh, but yeah, it's, for me, it is a difficult digest. Uh, this one was one of the hardest ones, uh, just because... This one was, you know, I think all all the others around, like like you said, 50 minutes, you know, there's like an extra, you know, 30% added to this one that just makes it makes it pretty difficult for me to personally digest just because that's that's just a lot of sitting there to, to focus on on an album for somebody who's n- not as into the music. Um, I would I would say this. I would not offer this one as a uh, for the first time listeners album consumption just because of the length. I mean, you know, I, I can say the same thing about a bunch of Swallow the Sun albums on which ones you should and shouldn't do. Just because I could of, too. Just because of how long they get. <laughs> And and it's it well yeah there is certain albums of theirs like you like unless you're a huge fanboy like me, stay the fuck away from it. I mean because it, there's just no way that you're as as a casual music fan are going to be able to tolerate it just because it's so long. And that's kind of how I felt on this one. It just uh, it was just a lot of digest um, and not enough time for me to take a break. <laughs> it's also worth noting that Joe and I we're in a band around this time and we were actually signed to the same label as Keckle um, <laughs> at, the, at this exact time. Consider that the high point of your career. We didn't talk. We, we didn't hang out. We didn't even meet. We didn't even acknowledge one another. Shout out but, to uh, Downlord. I did, I, did get a re- I did get this record from the record label owner for, for free. Um, and so that, that was cool. Uh, but yeah, I think that like, I don't know. I really, I really, really enjoyed this, and I was super stoked to be on the same label. I mean, I, they weren't like signed to the label in the sense of like they, they had a distribution deal, you know, with with Open Grave uh, at the time. And uh, so, yeah. And would you believe that this record is actually Keckle's highest selling record? Really? Yeah. I would not sold have more copies that. than any other one, and it was released worldwide. So there you go. I think it's clear that Keckle is not a band you should listen to all of it at the same time. I think this is one of the most interesting albums on its own. And having heard all of these records over time, I have my favorites. And I think you need to take the randomness in pieces just the way it was released, because that's the only way you're really going to find the gems inside of the discography. 2008, Audible Minority. All right, well, the first thing that I got to say is... I really want to hear the aha cover. Do you guys have it? Because I don't. <laughs> you really want to hear it? Yeah, dude. I, I'm serious. I mean, I love aha. So that that just, I was just super curious on if uh, if you guys had it or not. I don't know if I do have it or not. We'll talk after the show, Jeff. All right. Yeah. Well, we we can probably find that for you. Um. Yeah. Okay. So this is different. This is this is unlike anything that the band's put out before. And this is this is where you know I think years ago as a fan I this is where I kind of jumped off 
because I didn't know what was going on. I was like, where's the metal? I, you know, why is this not black metal? This is not black metal. You know, like it, it wasn't was very... black metal in the first place. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, this isn't black metal. Never was. Uh, <laughs> but Audible Minority is a very, very dark, electronic, mostly like a mostly electronic album. You could call it industrial, but it really, I mean, it's a stretch to even call it industrial because there's times where it sounds like dark wave too. Uh, we're kind of getting into some genres. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are like, God, we're talking about dark wave. Uh, but, you know, uh, but there's, there's a lot of influences in this that I almost feel like Jeff would appreciate more. Yeah, I actually, um, I I tolerated this one more than some of the others. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I mean, because I'm a big new wave fan. Yeah, there's, there's there's a little bit of new wave going on here. Some yeah, well, that, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some new wave. There's some industrial. So yeah, you're right. Musically speaking, uh, I this one I I I minded probably the the least to be honest with you. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I didn't. You know, it's just as as a whole, this it's been a jarring experience. I mean, it's. It's kind of like uh, if you've never been in a race car and your buddies uh, get you in the race car and they're like, watch all the shit that we can do in this thing. And you're like, oh, my God, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what I felt like, because I'm just that's like, like every Keckle album. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, holy shit. And as soon as you're like, you're you're like, oh, God, it's a straight. So then we go 220 miles an hour. Oh, my God. You know, you're like, just stop, stop. And you're like, yeah, we're going to stop. and We're going to turn the car sideways. As we go around the corner and smash your head into the side of the of the car. Who let I mean, Jeff drive? Honestly, I think you just described the band better than like really any of us could. Like, <laughs> you're not going to believe everything we can do in this thing, uh, because that really is. I mean, you're like when you're listening to Keckle, it's like being in in Willy Wonka's uh, Wonka Vader, right? There's a million buttons, and you're never sure which button's going to get pressed to press next, right? Um, I can definitely tell you the song "Ceasefire Negative." made me genuinely uncomfortable <laughs> through most of it uh, because it was like so dark and weird and then you get like three minutes in and there's like ska horns <laughs> you know going on in the background maybe it's not ska but whatever um, but it's uh, like horns it's like positive but then there's like this griminess and before that they're, they're playing like what sounds like something from a uh, like 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 the keyboard effect that they're using sounds like a like a dollar store. Remember those old dollar store blasters you used to be able to buy, and they'd play like they'd all play the same six sounds. Yeah, but it's like it's like wow 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 wow. They just played it over and over and over forever for like three minutes, and I was like, start. It was starting to piss people off at work because I <laughs> I stopped listening to headphones at work, and now I just listen to my music out loud at my desk. And like, yeah, during Keckle Week, they were like. What the hell? Dude? I never want to talk to this person again. He's clearly, <laughs> he's clearly unhinged. There's something wrong with him. They all really loved Embrace the Dead, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, the, the whole record is is very dark. For, for for having some new wave influence, it is very no, dark. There's plenty of new wave that's dark. Right, but it sounds happy. That like, yet. that's the whole fun part about new wave is that it sounds happy, but it's not. You know? Well, um, well yeah. Okay. You know, that's true. The dreams in which I'm dying love, are the best I've love ever had. Yeah. Is so far. yeah, so like again, um, <laughs> I think dude yeah. just discovered Circle of Dust on this one. No, I so? no, I think that he, I think that Jeff from Keckle listens to much like more 
underground. Actually, I'm going to shout this out. If you go to Keckle's Facebook page right now, they have got a link to the top 100 of, of like his favorite albums of all time. And I've listened, I listened to some of those in preparation of the episode. I was like, yeah, okay, I could, I could see that. Yeah, I, I understand, you know. Um, one song absolutely messes with me really bad, uh, and that is the song Virtue of Perseverance. Um, it is just whack job jazz <laughs> like rhythm. like there's a whole lot of weird stuff going on in this record i know that we say that on like every keckle album but uh yeah this one was definitely the 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 crown king of weirdness yeah you know until and in, in, until they they put another one out <laughs> yeah then it's on to the next yeah 2010 eight hey we're almost there jeff we made it to eight. Yeah, the problem is, is take the eight, rotate it 90 degrees, and that's kind of how I feel. <laughs> it, it is what listening to, yes, <laughs> what I've been listening to. Uh, uh, listen to these. It's been uh, it's been interesting to say the least. But yeah, this is the one that um, shoot that. Uh, and this is the one they got back to like black metal. Is that this one? No, no, buddy. We're in. We're in for a. <laughs> We're we're in for a bit of a okay. For that's the problem is I didn't I since I I listen to a lot of Keckle while I'm driving. I don't get to write down my notes like I used to, uh, <laughs> and I'm not gonna type while I'm driving, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I I drive on 270. I I put my life in peril every day. Well, you probably do too, so you understand what I'm talking about. I'm just listening to the prettiest sounding melody. And this droning keyboard sound that is just a repeated note over and over and over again. And a fairly, I'm not going to say old school, but go back about three records sounding Keckle. I think for the fans, the diehards, those that fell in love with a thousand thoughts of violence, I think this is what we're here for in 2010. I wish I spent more time with Keckle at this time. I didn't jump back in until late 2018, and we're going to get to that momentarily. I think this is another random explosion of whatever sounds we had available at the time, trying to create an interesting layered something is how I'm going to describe it at this point. I think Dan said it best earlier. The avant-garde is not lost on this record. I think at this point, it's interesting to note that like all official members of the band had quit the band up to that point. So what we're looking at here, and it's funny because it says in all their press stuff, like, yes, Keckle continues as a band with no members, uh, which is like funny, but also really evident here because it's clearly just a guy doing doing some experimental music on his own. A guy named Jeff. Yeah, and he and he was in um, he was in this band called Keckle that did a lot of experimental stuff too. So it's one of those like. I want to put this album out and I've got the name Keckle, so I'm just going to put it out as a Keckle album because people are more likely to check it out if it's that. Uh, because this one takes a hard swing into even more, like, but like digging even deeper than they had dug on Audible Minority, you know? And this one does come across as probably the most random. Um, and like, according to like the, the, like, I guess the little press blip that, that I assume is written, is written by him as well. Um, but it just says that like, it's a collection of thoughts and emotions blended together into a unique yet bold statement. Each song displays its character as a balance between electronic and organic elements, rhythm and melody, aggression and atmosphere, simplicity and complexity, beauty and the beast. And I think that is a pretty apt description of it, but it I think almost that sounds it, like you're, you're describing a craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> pick up disgust metal IPA. It's 28% alcohol. 
Um, it's just grain alcohol. We just we just slap our sticker on it. Don't drink it. <laughs> um, but like, buy it and give it to Dan. Buy it and give it to me. That's that. Yeah, give me my own beer back. Send send it back to me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, I liked this one, but I'd be lying if I said that like it's my favorite or or it's an all time classic. I think it's really cool to listen to. And it's great to just absolutely keep your coworkers on their toes, uh, you know, the whole time that they, if, if they made the mistake of coming anywhere near your desk. Yeah, this um, is, I, now that you had mentioned it, this, I said black metal before, and it's, that's a different one I'm thinking of. This is the one with the theremin on it, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Isn't it? I think so, yeah. Because uh, I know one of them had a theremin on it, and I was like, oh, shit. Theremin on a metal slash avant-garde record only you know only only keckle yeah and yeah i think that yeah i mean it's not it's not my favorite but again at this point i'm stoked that they're still this experimental like to be honest with you i'm surprised because i would imagine that record sales probably have tank have been tanking since um since audible minority and yet the dude is still pressing on in this like experimental direction. Um, I'm actually kind of proud of them that they didn't go back to black metal because like all you got to do is put out another record, another record like Embrace the Dead or Beyond the Glimpse of Dreams, like with modern recording technology, and you probably do pretty well for yourself. But that was not uh, that was not the goal. 2012 autonomy. You better watch out for Pandora's empty box. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen when you opened it? My d- be in it. I missed that beep, Jeff. Thank you so much. (laughs) So I don't know how else to explain it. This is like a video game soundtrack. There it is. It does sound like a video game soundtrack. And that's not a bad thing. It sounds like a video game soundtrack to the greatest cyberpunk video game that I've never played. Shadowrun for the Sega Genesis. I mean, that one was pretty good. I I did enjoy that one. I like the Super Nintendo one, too. They're, They're different games. In case you didn't know, they're, they're both called Shadowrun, but they're they're different games. Anyway, uh, we'll save that discussion for Discuss Metal Gaming. But yeah. uh, Ask the Corp all the way, boys. Oh, man. Syndicate? You guys remember Syndicate? Get out of my house. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, this one's more electronica, I think. But then you also have like songs like Space Between Spaces, which like are more metal, like sound more like actual Keckle, if that makes sense. Um, so like the, it's almost like we're slowly clawing back towards like because he's still not like he's still not above every now and again in these songs like to just go into a scream you know just to kind of just like oh you still awake you still awake right you know like there's a lot of like freak out moments on these on these later keckle albums and i love them um i i like this one especially because it's more like electronica and it's more of a vibe it's a vibe record um and it's actually more consistent i think than the last two have been a little bit a little bit more unified like we we really we sat down to like make an actual record this time if you wanted random and you're listening to keckle and you didn't find random up until this point i give you autonomy because you can't get much more random than the creative opposite of almost everything released up till this point it's slow it's brooding it's melodic and we don't use the same type of digital drums we've been using up to this point it still has that keckle sound to it but it does sound like we're trying something new and forcing ourselves to like it that's fair um i didn't have to force myself to like this one uh i i thought it was good because it was more a little bit more uh simple the, the ideas are presented in a less complex way in a l- less jarring way um and so yeah i thought that was super cool 2015 
Multilateral. I'm so surprised that this album is as good as it is. And I say that because they're kind of going back to the keckle sound here it's still very electronic like it's one of those like okay guys we went uh, you know we went as far as we could with that and it's now part of us but i don't know th- there's more like blast beat drumming there's more yeah so this um, is the one that i was thinking of that I yeah was this is where okay. they kind of start going back towards the, the the rock and metal sound okay now this is not an album that like again i don't think any keckle album is it's an album that you're just gonna buy and listen to and immediately love and immediately get <laughs> you know uh it's 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 still very very odd but i like it um it's not as dark to me as as their previous albums have been i feel like some of their older stuff i'm not older stuff now i guess what i what i mean is like their most like recent like three records have been very dark and and sort of um just depressing like like not coming from a good place mentally and um this record they they kind of like they lighten it up a little bit like it's heavy it's got intense moments and stuff um like the song neutrality on this record is woo it's a fine cut of cackle let me put it that way um it's got it's got all the good things and i remember too reading that reading the social media posts because I've, I've kind of followed keckle off and on on their website and on on social media and he was talking about how like like just asking people he's like should i just go back to playing black metal you know like is that is that what people want you know is that is that the kind of music that people think that i'm the best at making and you know you know, kind of going through that creative self-doubt right you know, like it happens to me on the podcast. I'm like, should we only talk about death metal bands like Morgoth? Is that is that what people want? Um, it's not what I want, but it, it is what people want. What do you um, want? Send your emails to Dan and Joe show at gmail.com. Let us know. Yeah, I would. Whether I like the music or not, you know, I, I think it should be inconsequential uh, as far as the artist is concerned. Uh, I, I think the artist should be making music. Uh, that is the most creative and uh, heartfelt avenue for them. Uh, so, me as a critic, it, it shouldn't matter. Uh, if he's if he was to the point where he's asking others what he should do, then he shouldn't be doing any of it. That, that's just how I feel. I, I feel like you know, as soon as he starts doubting it himself, you know, I'm hoping that he had enough good support that you know people just said, "Dude, you're you're awesome." Just you do you you know you take care of you what feels good what feels right to you is what you should do i think it was more of a moment of just sort of self-reflection that that artistic kind of like you know is what i'm doing not working i I think we all go through that i know but i guess what i'm saying is we all go through that but we all we should all have that friend or that person or that conscience that tells you you know what you you know you can get you can get past this get past this doubt and we know that you can do this I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm hoping I, that he had that. And I think that he did have that if you listen okay. to this album, because it has 100% of the creative integrity that you've come to expect from this band. And that just happens to include a more aggressive, a more aggressive styling. I think that's the cool thing about Keckle is like every now and again, you're never really quite sure if it's ever going to happen, but every now and again, they'll bust out, they'll play a black metal song. Yeah, it's going to, it's going to end weird. You know, with clean, with clean with clean vocals and clean vocals and, and tons of electronics and a great beat, but like there's heavy riffs. There's I, I don't as a metal fan, multilateral is is one of the best albums that they've put out since like acidity, in my opinion. Um but I don't think it's a return to the root or anything like that. I don't think one unique thing about Keckle is they've literally never done the same thing twice. And yet they sound so Keckle. 
It's 2015. There are multiple records at this point, multiple bands that are putting out cookie-cutter-sounding, fake drums, triggered everything, the same Kemper gent sound on your guitar, and Kekel still sounds like Kekel. Even though it's 2015 and we have better technology, they still sound like that atmospheric, heavy metal-influenced, progressive black metal band that they have been since the very beginning. I do think you're right. I think it's a creative choice, and he's just sticking with what he wants everything to sound like. So you're telling me we went from a race car to a monster truck. and still going <laughs> to go with a crazy. Wonka <laughs> It's a different vehicle, but it's the same crazy-ass driver behind the wheel. Not only is the driver fucking crazy, we went deeper underground in that monster truck. 2018. Hey, Dan, do you remember in 2018 when we discovered Kekel was still putting records out and they had just released Deeper Underground and it sounded like Kekel? Dude, like, if Multilateral was good, Deeper Underground is great. This is this is almost a full-on return to the black metal, that dirty, just grimy sort of underground black metal sound. Only it sounds a hell of a lot better because it's 2017 and you can record things that sound good without having to sneak into a studio after dark and <laughs> you know and record it. But uh, I love this. The, the, this the, the electronics, the, the, the extreme metal, it all blends together to make a beautiful record. This is also, I don't know if it's a concept album or not. I'm not going to lie. This record, whenever I bought it, this was actually one of the first records I bought on Bandcamp. That was before they were offering the whole discography for $25. Go buy Link it in now. the description. Go buy it. Um, you'll get you'll you'll get some context. So anyway, when you're listening to this, when you're listening to this episode, I think you should number one pay the twenty five dollars. That money does not go to us; it goes directly to Keckle. Okay, do that. Listen, do the discography discussion thing with us. Listen to each of these records before you listen to us talk about them. I think that I think that this is a very unique experience for that. I mean, I guess music streaming, it, you could do the same thing, but regardless, <laughs> you can't get every you can't get every Keckle album on on streaming. So, um, but yeah, Deeper Underground is is absolutely a full circle kind of release yeah it's, and it's less disjointed yeah it's it's the, the songwriting is there where now the experimentation has been toned down a little bit in favor of good songs and so you're getting you're getting you're getting creative decisions that are made for the sake of the song itself and i think it's a good move for them i think they still sound weirder than any other band that's out there but i think on this record this may actually be the most digestible keckle album if you're talking about like what's the first one you should go check out, I would recommend this one. I would agree with that 100%. I really would. And it's it's because of like what we talked about. It, it is more, uh, instead of, it, it's like multifaceted. Instead of just uh, being avant-garde to just don't know what's going to hit next. I think there's, uh, dare I say, that there's a Kekel album that it's, uh, there's uh, some a bit of formula to it. Uh, a little bit uh, on this one and I, I think i i think this is probably the the one that i like the most out of everything that i listened to of theirs i'm also going to go out on a limb here and say that i think that the clean singing is also significantly better on this record than what than what we've had in the past i think he's making better creative vocal decisions and it's starting to pay off i think if you just hate the sound of the dude's voice you're just not going to like it ever but 
Um, I think it sounds cool. Um, he does a lot of like kind of deeper register sort of creepy vocals. I call them Palpatine vocals. Yeah, um, he does he do does, that. Uh, well, he also he, I like the uh, the guy that he has. Uh, what is it? Revealment. I think is the song. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, with Vox Lucas. Yeah. I, I probably said that wrong, but it's really cool. It sounds really cool. Yeah. So like that's probably the most tolerable song that, out of everything. Uh, that I, that I you know that I that I listened to the, the this is the one that I liked the like I said overall this is the album I like the most that's probably the song I like the most that and that Vox uh, Diaboliki or whatever it was I can't remember then if it was Vox I can't but those are the two songs I liked uh, the most out of everything that they did so that Vox Dalabai no oh even I messed it up Vox <laughs> Diaboli okay you said it. I'm going to stick with that. Ask me to uh, pronounce the weird Scandinavian names and you can do the everything else. <laughs> look, up, look out for our, look out for our Vildjarta. Uh, oh God. Oh shit. I, I, yeah. I, I should have said that because that one has got so much weird shit in it. I even, I can't do that one. You're going to have a lot of trouble defending that album after what you said about this band. Oh, don't worry. I, I think I'm going to shock a lot of people on that one. We'll Subscribe to Patreon. Later. You can hear that individual album review. But no, I I I didn't. Uh, I definitely could tolerate this one. If someone had this one on the uh, played this one, this is the one that I'm least likely to tell you to turn off. What a phenomenal change of pace! Not just for this band because it takes that formula that they've been changing up along the way for the past twenty years, and they create what is, in my opinion, their best stream of consciousness in an album. But it's 2018. Does this record sound like anybody else? No, it does not. Because everybody else is trying to sound like all that shit I said earlier about popular metal. So you have one of the most interesting records that came out in 2018 for me. Guitar player, drummer, producer, and fan of Kekel. And then 2020 happened. What a shitty year it was. And Kekel puts out Quantum Resolution. My dudes, this, this is by and large. I mean, I hate to be that fanboy guy that's like, yeah, the best album's the new one. But every, it's, this is everything you like about Kekel times 10. This is a whole fleet of race cars. <laughs> like, it really is. I mean, everything, everything is improved. The, the, the songwriting's improved. The, the vocals are improved. The vocals actually sound really good on this record, I think. And um, all the electronics are there. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Just like this, some of the beats on this are just are just incredible. And um, I like Jeff's voice. I think it sounds cool. He's got kind of a cool reverb on it that makes it sound like kind of like ethereal. And I mean, I, I think the production quality sounds better. I think this thing punches harder, and it's still got it's still got a little bit of that metal in it. But you're starting to see stuff that you you know you saw from like deeper under not deeper underground. Um, like eight and audible minority there's like some of that influence in here as well uh but again it's much more digestible like you have a song like you have a song like um like testimony you know and then you have a song the testimonies like sounds like something that would come off of like audible minority and then you've got uh spiritual anarchism which is just very 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 heavy it sounds like something that came off of um sounds like something that would have come off of a thousand thoughts of violence it's not exactly a it's not exactly a keckle greatest hits but like i hear different eras of the band in this record i don't think it's the best album but again it's 2020 i'm so glad we got a new keckle record i think this one pulls from the best parts of the discography 
It feels a little more random in places, but it's one of the few times the band is really changing pieces of their sound. Even though I think at the core, the guitars have the same overall sound. We're using the digital drums. That hasn't changed. But something about it just feels like we're moving forward. If this band can move forward 20 years later, it's not my favorite record, but I am just glad that it's still here. Honestly, I think this is like deeper underground in that like this is a record I think you could start people on Keckle with. And it actually gives a more diverse platter of what the band has to offer throughout their discography. Yeah, I would disagree. Uh, I would still tell you deeper underground before this uh, by quite a bit personally. Is it that time? Did Jeff make it through the episode? Just barely. He seems like he's just holding on by a thread. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say there was some palate cleansing done this week. Final thoughts on Keckle. Dan. Contrary to what anybody else's final thoughts may or may not be, <laughs> I think that if you are into experimental music and you don't like people to tell you what a sound is supposed to be like, you don't want somebody to tell you what a style is supposed to be and 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 what normal musical conventions are supposed to be you know whenever i was younger i took music appreciation classes i took a couple of music theory classes in college and um i could never get past somebody just like mathematically trying to explain to me what's good and what's not good it's 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 too subjective because to me music i i think when you get too technical with music it becomes all about just cold mathematical precision and you know if, if you if you follow these three easy steps then you'll write a good song you know and, and growing up you know i would i would show teachers and authority figures things that i was into or things that i liked and there was always kind of this thing thrown up in my face of them being like, well, that doesn't make any musical sense. Um, I played in bands with people that would tell me the same thing. I don't play in bands with those people anymore. Um, I don't I don't like to be told I don't like to be told what I don't like to be told how I feel. I don't like to be told how I'm supposed to feel. Um, for me, music is about a feeling and Keckle's largely the reason that I look at music the way that I look at it. Um, because at the end of the day, it's really about how it makes me feel. And I know you guys are going to pull up a whole bunch of examples of me being like, this isn't good or that's not good or this sucks and da da da. I'm sorry that I didn't feel the same thing that you felt when you were listening to it. Um, I mean, I'm not sorry. Like I feel the way I feel, you know, whatever. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't invalidate if you like a band that I don't like. Uh, that's totally cool. Um, I like Keckle. Uh, I like, I like all, almost all of the musical choices that they've made. Um, and I'm trying not to fanboy too much. I hope I've been a little objective in this episode, but Keckle for me is the ultimate example of doing whatever you want musically and just going wherever that creative spark takes you and everybody else can take it or leave it. Jeff, what about you? Uh, I, I get where Dan's coming from. The, uh, you know, screw you, I'll do what I want to do the way that I want to do it. And that makes me feel good. I mean, I there's certain bands for me that, that scratch that itch. You know, for me, Keckle is not one of them, you know, and that's fine. I I have issues with some of the uh, guitar tones. Uh, some of the synth stuff drives me nuts and the clean singing as well. Doesn't matter. As long as the other Jeff is happy with the music that he is making, that's what counts. And uh, my opinion is null and void uh, when it comes to the things of that nature. You know, we can sit here and we can be, you know, music elitist, but it, it does, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It, it, this is 
This is what's cathartic for him. This is what makes him feel good. And if it happens to make other people feel good, which it obviously does for Dan and Joe, then, you know, mission accomplished, even if it's just one other person. I think Keckle is one of the most random, interesting bands to listen to. For the most part, the ideas are rooted in something from heavy metal's past, whether that's progressive metal, black metal, heavy metal, melodic. I think it's interesting this combination of atmospheric elements with the will to create something musical. We've never had a drummer in this band, not on tape. Everything has been the laptop in the corner of the stage. And it just works for this band in a way I can't explain. It's the same effect as your favorite industrial band. There's something about Nine Inch Nails, there's something about Circle of Dust, that the digital fake drums are okay. Usually that's not the case with metal bands, but there's this piece of independent underground alternative heavy metal from the early 2000s where that's all they had. The idea to create something grind, something absurd, that yes, the drums were fake, but the record was supposed to be this wall of compressed noise. And for the most part, none of that sounds good. Here's Keckle that puts together these ideas in a way that is interesting. And I'm going to lean on something I said earlier. I think each piece is its own serial, its own independent idea that sometimes gets expanded into a full record. I think you've heard bands that have the same influences as Keckel, so you are missing out if you don't spend the 25 bucks, buy the discography and enjoy it. There's a lot here that's really interesting. It's not all great, but the pieces that are great exceed expectations when it comes to underground metal. So go listen to Keckel. Damn, what's your album of the week? Well, you know, just to be different, uh, you know, it, <laughs> I'm talking about how I love, you know, experimental, original, cool music. Yeah, my album of the week is uh, Still Sucks by Limp Bizkit. Uh, it just <laughs> dropped a few days ago. I've listened to it about 30 times. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, uh, I dig it, man. I dig it. Jeff, what about you? I went and I thought that's not surprising. I went to Tesseract, Altered State, and that my safety blanket. I had to listen to Ash O'Hara's voice make me feel better. Got to listen to those uh, th- those pretty boy vocals. Yep, that's exactly what it was. I needed the, my formulaic pretty boy prog rock band, and uh, that was my palate cleanser for this week. Quite a bit. Mine is going to be Acidity by Keckel. Because if you don't take my advice and Dan's advice and some of Jeff's advice and go listen to all of it, you need to at least listen to that one. Because when you say Keckle to me, that's the record I'm thinking of. And I think for most people, that is the record that defines this band's sound. And what a beautiful sound it is, right, Dan? (laughs) I mean, I, I enjoy it. Props to Jeff for just sticking it out this week. Oh, it was rough. <laughs> I admit, I for expected me. more for you. No, I mean, I'm not one to take a big poo-poo on something that somebody else loves. I said for you, not from you, Jeff. Yeah. I got exactly what I expected. <laughs> uh, I thought I was being nice. Take us out, DFT. If you guys like this podcast, especially after listening to all of that, <laughs> and you want to give us some suggestions, tell us how we're doing, uh, 
let us know what bands you want to hear us talk about on the podcast. Let us know if you agree, you disagree. There's so many different ways you can do that. You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can follow us on Instagram at discuss metal. Also on Twitter at discuss metal. You can send us an email at Dan and Joe show at gmail.com and we will check it and we will read it and we will talk about it and respond to it and all the things. And uh, I just want to thank all of you guys for listening to the podcast this long being this many episodes in i'm just so happy to see all of you guys still here and uh make sure to check us out on youtube check out discuss metal dan on youtube uh where we post live interviews and uh i do some like countdown top five type videos so make sure you're subbed to that channel because you'll get some extra content that you don't have to pay for but if you want some content that you do want to pay for you can you can follow us on patreon you can subscribe i think at one dollar is the lowest uh tier and you'll get access to multiple years worth of individual album reviews that we've done in the style of this podcast so it's definitely something you don't want to miss out on if you pay a little bit more money you actually get to be part of the now legendary discography discussion patreon hangouts that we do once a month make sure to check those out it's a chance for you to just kind of shoot the breeze with us play some games have some fun and just generally try to have a positive experience with you guys every month i know i look forward to it and uh hopefully we'll see you guys there and on that note this has been episode 247 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at discuss metal subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts including google play apple podcasts and stitcher visit discussmetal.com for all things discography discussion and please send questions and comments to dan and joe show at gmail.com if you are not a patron you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal we have some sweet perks give me your money uh... $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 